The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 101 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati, LOL, on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And unfortunately absent tonight is Chris Chung at Prime, LOL, or, you know, as you'd better know him as uh royal we are who th- we are who we thought they were <laughs> which i think is the the best the best name change chris has had uh so chris will not be joining us tonight unfortunately had some scheduling conflicts but we've got the sports department crew here we've got some playoff matches uh how was your like week slash weekend um how did you enjoy these playoff matches this weekend it's i gotta say man i this new lpl format when there's actually this many good teams is awesome to watch. I love it. Like having having playoff matches every day almost. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, the LPL is just banger after banger. Yeah. Every series is just like even in the ones that are three zeros usually have some like wild and crazy games and back and forth. And this every single LPL match has just been crazy fun to watch. I haven't been as impressed with some of the other regions in the playoffs, like enjoyability wise. But the LPL has been straight bangers. Yeah, they've been fun games. My enjoyability is uh, admittedly somewhat tied to my like profit level, but uh, I've I've thought LCS has actually been really fun to watch. Just as like they've been competitive, it's not you know we all know the product's not that great, not as great, but I've thought they've been pretty good games. Uh, a little bit of, of some good chess matches, and then uh, the the least fun for me to watch has been the LEC. I feel like they've just make been making like a lot of dumb mistakes that like we haven't seen teams that tip dude like especially in draft. If you look at John's picture, you'll and um, but yeah, like I just like really, really frustrating there on that front. But the LPL has been like a lot of drafts that like I don't hate, and I hate, feel like I hate every professional League of Legends draft. So like that's a win for me, dude. We're not allowed to talk about doing dumb shit and not include some of these LPL matches, but they have been supremely entertaining. I will give them. I'm usually the wet blanket in this situation, you know. Like historically, I'm the guy that's like. No, I give a shit about nothing else except high-quality play. But even I've got to admit, some of these games have been hilariously fun to watch. Like, Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, I'll be honest. So, like, I I rarely, like, sweat games anymore, like, so to speak. It's like, t- I, I treat it like a job, right? But I got to be honest, that top, the, the top esports sweat the other day was the weirdest sweat I've ever had. I think it was, like, the top, it was the top RNG where you had, like, the two... The, the game one and game two were both won by the person that shouldn't have won the game. Like it was, it was just a really weird series. Am I mixing the up? LEC? The LEC is, has really left me like bothered because I feel like G two is such a huge favorite to win, but then they lost, and they lost in a way that made me question like whether or not they really should have won, like should have been favorites to begin with, or like are they really like huge favorites to win the split after that loss? Spoiler alert! No. 
We're going to get to this later. You don't think so? You think they're going to lose? I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose this weekend. I think we're going to have the first non-G2 and Fnatic at the same time. Not because of the narrative, just because I think they're not playing that well. I mean, we'll get to it later, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. It's been a little weird. I mean, Mad Lions are playing out of their goddamn minds. We can agree with that, right? Yeah, they're playing great. Although, I still... I'm still really focused in on the fact that I think G2's drafting last weekend was terrible that other than the last with. game. That I'll agree with. And they lost, like, the last game, they lost the game that I thought they should have won. And other than that, I thought their drafts were just terrible. Yeah. And they, they would have won probably. Like, there were some, like, 30-something minute fights in those games where G2 made it very close, even though they have a one-carry composition yeah. with the short-range AD carry. Like, so I don't know that I've given up hope on them quite as much as you're saying. Yeah, no, like, I'm, make no mistake, I'm... We're going to talk about it later. We'll just we'll just save it for then because it's mo- it's mostly a numbers situation for me. Um, oh, top sooning was the series I was talking about because those the first two games of that series were that that was the weirdest series, right? Yeah, the first game that like top couldn't lose, or no, yeah, the first game that, like sooning couldn't lose and lost. Then it was the opposite, and top threw like on the nexus. And then top <laughs> yeah. wins in 18 minutes or whatever the fuck. And then they had a pretty dominant game four. I was like, all right, this is the weirdest series ever, man. Like, I had a lot of top exposure in that series. And that was, like, one of the weirder sweats I've had in maybe the last couple of years. It was like, yeah, they they had Infer- it was Infernal Soul and Elder and just, like, overdove the Nexus and lost the game on it. Like, the solo queue special. It's like, yeah, no, no one's auto-wing that. They, it wasn't literally, because they didn't get the towers down. They just dove instead of even bothering. Like, they literally did not even look at the Nexus. You could tell. Like, you just, like, watch their character models. Nobody even bothered to look at a tower. They were just like, now we're just going to kill this Braum or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. But it was, uh... Yeah, after, the, after they almost lost the first game, and then they did that in the second game, I was like, I'm so tilted right now. Like, I was just, I was, I'd had enough of that series already. It was like such a roller coaster, and they came out and smashed Sooning in 19 minutes. So that's a top special, dude. I so I gotta ask you guys this because I, I I mentioned it last like last week a little bit with Invictus. Top esports and Invictus, I think, win harder than any team that I've ever seen. Like when they when they have those like smash time games, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't. I feel like last year's Gen G versus bad team slash damn one versus every team was probably more yeah, absurd, but maybe not. You know what I'm saying though? Like it's like literally an 18 minute, like they had a 7k gold lead at six minutes or something like that in that game. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, nothing will ever wash the Invictus Gaming like 16 minute defeat of SKT out of my mind as, oh, yeah. when it comes to that. Like whatever, however many minutes that oh, was yeah. when they drove into them had like. Bloodthirster Infinity Edge of like nine minutes. Or that might like that, that might have been the hardest win up. in history, or one of them. Honestly, yeah, was, dude, this top win against Sooning is probably a candidate. That was ridiculous. That game three, it was yeah, it was it was. I mean, I'm just pull the chart up. I have like have it open over here just because I was trying to see what series that was. And then we'll go into the slate real quick, just because there's not that many games this week, guys. So we're we're kind of just uh, filling filling a little bit of space here. Yeah, it was. Let's see. 6,400 gold at nine minutes. Yeah. 6,000 at eight minutes. Yeah, it was just, just dumb. 19-minute win. It was whatever. Um, I guess – so we're going to do day by day. Oh, we have a start – I forgot to mention this. We have a start date for MSI, which is May 6th. 
So we'll have a couple of weeks downtime to let these playoffs play out, let these teams all prep and get all caught up on the patch and everything, which I think is good. Because I know, like, NA is not playing on 11-6, which is also kind of a weird flex. Did you guys, how do you guys feel about that? Is that bizarre? Just weird that, that they're not universalizing it for playoffs for every region, it's right? It's a little, a little strange. I think the, we're just building in the NA excuse for MSI. <laughs> I know Perks had some really strong words about it, but... I mean, the good thing about it is that they'll have some time, even if they're not like stage games, so to speak. They'll have some time to get acclimated to it. Although, they'll, they'll everybody will be on the same page because I'm assuming MSI is going to be on like 7 or 8, not 6. But I guess we'll find out later. Give him an, uh, give him an excuse. <laughs> All right, um, we're going to go day by day, but this is going to get a little bit weird because we're going to have to like forecast some of these games and the numbers on them. So we'll go day by day for DFS purposes, and I think maybe we'll that, like that'll probably dominate more of the conversation here, just because it's I think it's going to be easier to anticipate some pricing or like how those slates are going to play out as opposed to like the actual betting markets. Like I can project. You know, with some reasonable amount of accuracy on these lines, but yeah, we'll see. So, I guess we'll do tomorrow first. It's a little weird. I know we don't usually do this like the next morning, but we have top EDG uh, thoughts, positions. We don't have to spend too much time on this because by the time most people listen to this, it's going to be over. Um, I I like top. I think Top Esports is probably going to win. I think for me, of the four remaining teams, I had EDG with my lowest probability of winning. The, of, I think any team could win, but I had EDG as my lowest probability yeah. of the four. Um, I, I think they're, like, statistically, EDG is not quite with the other three teams. They, I, I could see how they could pull out victories against these teams, but like statistically, I think they're kind of the odd man out in the statistics I usually look at. They're just a little bit worse than the other three, which are like mostly kind of clustered together. Um, the, the thing that EDG has going for them, I think, is I think they're the team that's least likely to make some stupid mistake, like yeah. some big, stupid, game-throwing mistake. Of all four of these teams, I think they're the least likely. I think they're pretty consistent. If they can come out and just stay in the game against Top Esports, I mean, we've seen what to, the kind of throws that Top Esports is capable of. If they could just keep themselves right there in the lane and just wait for Jackie Love to Tristana W too aggressively yeah. or whatever and then just take the game... That's something that EEG can do. So even though I think they're a slightly worse team, uh, I think they have a path, a very clear path to victory against Top, which is just let Top make mistakes. Josh? It's funny you mentioned it. I was going to actually comment this earlier, but uh, I'll give my real opinion here in a second. But, like, it was so great waking up uh, the other day to, like, Jackie going, like, 9-2-7 and seven on Tristana. Because uh, I know we've talked like the past few weeks about how, like when he plays Tris, he's like not involved in the team. He had like a ninety-three yeah. percent kill participation on the Tris. He had a great and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> I was like, "I knew regression was coming eventually, boys." But uh, yeah, I think this this game is really hard for me to handicap. Vince and I were talking about it a little bit before the podcast, but I do have a bit of a soft spot for EDG knowingly. Um, but like I've also been—I mean, I was the guy on the podcast who said, "You know, I don't think Top will ever lose a game again this split." So. Um, it's a really tough spot for me to handicap, even just like from a gut handicap perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we've talked a little bit about TES's ability to like show off really dominant wins. So like 
it just gets a little bit sketchy when you're trying to look at the statistics of these teams yeah. because it's something like you know comparing a, a, a not recent G two but the G two like we all know of G two as compared to like a rogue style team where <clears throat> it's just a consistent victory team or like last year it'd be like Cloud Nine versus FlyQuest yeah you know uh, Cloud Nine is gonna have the the more flashy and gaudy statistics because they they can run up the score a lot more often but it's just really tough to compare those two styles of teams um, so again it's gonna come down I think a lot. I mean, honestly, with the upsets we've been seeing recently, I just see no real reason to bet any remotely close uh, matches like this until I see draft. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think draft is just like, I feel like I've said this every year, and I like, I swear it didn't used to be this important. <laughs> like, I swear draft did not used to be this important when I first started watching. But it seems supremely important right now to just not make these, like, atrociously bad drafting errors. That, that we're seeing teams make. LPL um, LPL favorites seem like they're vastly overvalued in the betting market right now. Most do, of, do you guys feel that way? Most of the season they were, and I think like for most of the playoffs they were as well. But I think this, I mean, I, I have played a couple of favorites. Uh, in like RNG RNG was minus two hundred against FPX, and that just felt like wildly off. Where'd you get that number? I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, that's what Bovada was. They were minus 195 against FPX. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was not that high. And that just felt places, wildly off so, to me. Yeah, that that is wildly off though. Like that's that's way off market. Market was like give or take 140, 130 range minus. So they were just way off market. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like a little bit, I guess. <laughs> like it's it, it's a weird situation because like. It, you know there's going to be, like, money taken on these kind of situations, too. So one thing I'm not, you know, we're not privy to is, like, are the books even baking any of that in? Or is this just strictly numbers? Because, like, some t- like in a traditional sport, if you've got the Cowboys playing on Sunday night football, the fact that they're a very public team is already baked into the price. I don't know how much of that. Like, I, you know, I've been trying to figure that out, and it's it seems different at different places. But, I mean, most of the time the money's just going to move it that way anyway, no matter where you're at. So if people are going to be hammering these favorites, then that's going to be the case. Like, I I, I mean, I think we were all pretty, like, pretty hip to this, that, like, most of these teams are live in any given series. And that's kind of, we've been beating that drum pretty steadily. Really, since, like, halfway through the season, we're like, okay, like, there's, like, eight or nine teams, maybe ten teams, if LNG were able to figure it out, or Billy Billy were able to get into playoffs for Victory 5, like... And for the most part, like, that top eight, maybe nine if you want to include Invictus, is, like, actually good. Like, these are good teams, and they're way better than the rest. And any one of those teams can beat any one of the other ones on a, on any given day. And we've been kind of steadily beating that drum since well, week four, when it started to calcify a little bit. So, uh, it's weird. In this series, like, I didn't even write these odds down. Uh, top eSports are, like, minus, they're roughly, like, a minus 200 favorite now. Let me pull this up real fast. The, yeah, I'm, like I'm minus, showing minus one four minus one eighty five on. Yeah, uh, between minus one eighty five minus two fifteen range, depending on where you look. So, I mean, if you want to shop for EDG, like I could see the case for EDG in this series, just because like like shopping, just price shopping. It's like if you think these teams are all fairly even, then take the plus one sixty three. That's kind of the approach I had this morning. That said. We were talking about this a little before the broadcast, but if you look at performance against the other good teams, which is what I've been doing and having a lot of success with in playoffs so far, 
and you just look at performance against other teams, top and FPX have performed by far the best against the other elite teams with RNG like a little bit behind them. And then like it's a pretty big drop off after that. So if you want to look at like just how they perform against the good teams, I mean top and FPX are the, your number one and number two. You know, in no particular order. They're both good at certain things. So, I mean, I'll just say, like, I personally didn't make a play on a side in this series tomorrow. I played time total unders, and that was it. It was, like, a pretty light uh, – it was a pretty heavy position on the time total unders. I think 33 is an egregious number, personally. But, uh, yeah, I think this is actually kind of close to market. I think this is a fair price. But I could definitely see. I have some really nice DFS setup, so I, I don't have a bet on yeah, this. Yeah, what, what was the DFS price for this? I didn't even think about that. Um, well, FPX were very large underdogs, so like you could just they get whatever shunk. you wanted if you played FPX and top esports. They were not played like that heavily, but they were they were very how? cheap. So I, I just have Dude, a bunch how of are people not FPX like how top. are they not heavily played? If they, I, I mean, it's a two game slate, right? Guess. So they're still like twenty percent, but yeah. All right, uh, like it says I don't want to spend too much time on that, but we did kind of include some conversation about the other teams, which will help us with the next matches. So, I mean, we'll just stay in the LPL, I guess. So we'll have – on Saturday morning, we're going to have – there's no matches Friday. So, um, in, no, there's no matches Friday. It's the first off day for the LPL, I think, right? So we'll have – is that right? Yeah, they got to give these guys a day to prepare, right, for the game. Oh, we didn't talk about that. I've been writing a lot about that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's no match on Friday. Okay, so yeah, just like the the extra time to prepare versus like playing yourself into shape. That narrative, that dynamic. You guys have any thoughts on that? Because that's been like kind of a to- an interesting topic in the Discord we've been talking about. Like we've seen it, we've seen yeah, it work it's... both ways, right? Like sometimes not playing for like a week or two is is bad. Even if you get to watch a series from the other team, like you're just not in. Pl- I mean, I kind of think RNG were at least a little bit affected by that this morning. Yeah, I, I've always said that, like, logically speaking, it makes a ton of sense to me that the team that has time to prepare should do better in that kind of matchup. But historically, I think I've found that it's the other way around, that the team that's coming in with some momentum and stuff tends to do better. Um, I don't know if it's because they've gotten to feel out what the playoff metagame is more so than the other team, which is mostly dealing with scrim meta or whatever they're mm. doing to prepare on the side. And maybe it's not quite the same as what the actual like bracket meta is. I don't know, but it has seemed historically like the team that's coming in with momentum has done better. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird to me that like, I mean, you can usually tell, like I, I always look at it as like the first two games you can just tell. Particularly, I say the first two because the first one sometimes teams will just throw a curveball, or they just want to feel out a draft and then make an adjustment, right? But my personal experience, I found if the other team that had weeks to prepare just comes out with a very vanilla draft and it doesn't look like they had anything specific prepared, I I, I want the team that's got momentum coming into the match every time. And I mean, I don't I don't know if you guys thought that way with RNG this morning, but like. For me personally, I, I think I know this team likes playing these scaling comps, but you just can't you can't index that hard into it against FPX or top esports, honestly. Like any team that's that that's that level, not all early game teams are created equally, make no mistake. But if you got a team that's just running people over early game, I feel like you just can't index that much into it. And then they did it three they 
got run over in the first two games. And the third game, they played like a one-core Seraphine comp. Like, I, I don't know. I thought that, that draft was kind of... The third game was pretty bad. Like, and it's rare that I'm ever going to criticize Seraphine. You guys know how much I'm a fan of that champion, but like... It does make you wonder, though, if we end up seeing a rematch of these two teams, can RNG change up the game plan a little bit do. and make this significantly more competitive or significantly, you know, could they just come out and, you know, blast FPX if they change yeah. the game plan? You know, I think that's a, something that's a yeah. possibility, even with what we saw this morning. I do morning. think, like, I, I don't know if it even would have mattered because FPX were just on another level this morning. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that would have really changed that much, but it did feel a little bit weird to me. Um, So it's going to be RNG against the loser of top esports and EDG. Do we think RNG I mean I kind of just projected rough lines on this like I think top would probably be a small favorite like minus 135. I think RNG would be like a slightly bigger favorite against EDG. Uh I don't know. Ball, same ballpark I guess like minus 140 minus 150 over EDG. That sounds right. The top would be a favorite if it was them, and that RNG would be a favorite if it's EDG. Um, any thoughts on a side for that, or, or I mean, honestly, the Saturday we have a, it's they're gonna. I'm assuming they're gonna do a four game slate, four best of fives. That would be such a sweep. Um, I don't yeah, think they will the do a four two and two, right? Yeah. So it's kind of hard to. I kind of <clears throat> go for it. Uh, I kind of think RNG wins or RNG loses either, but that's just like a, an initial reaction. It does feel bad because like they were, they were definitely one of the best teams in the regular season, but it just feels like, I don't know, man. Like I don't want to bet against top and I also don't want to get a bet against EDG. I also like think <clears throat> like both of those have top laners that can kind of handle Jahu, And I feel like Jahu dominance has sort of been, a key catalyst to RNG's success this year. Um, like just being able to dominate on like these meta, like the NAR or like mm-hmm. the like kind of not, not anything he's pulling crazy out of the bag. Like he has played some interesting stuff up there. Don't get me wrong, but he's just been able to kind of dominate his lane opponent in a lot of these matchups and even against good teams. Like I think he did it against, uh, against the shy. I'm pretty sure yeah. he put the shy in a body bag if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but like, it feels like three six nine is kind of like a neutralizing top laner, and and Flandre is more on that the shy camp. But we haven't really seen him run it down too hard this yeah, year. I, I, like, RNG play around Jiahu so much, and I think like, look, I, I don't want to take anything away from him because he's been tremendous this season. He's been an MVP candidate. I mean, I wouldn't vote for him, but like, I think he's in the conversation, right? Guy making his tr- a transition to a new role and just playing this well is very impressive. Can't understate that enough. However, he gets a lot of help. Like, every game. He's almost never playing an isolated matchup. You know, Way's always helping him out, and they leave the bottom lane on an island most of the time. So, FPX flipped the script this morning, and we saw what happened. So, if anything, I think FPX laid the blueprint. For how to beat this team. So if I'm RNG, that's that they they have to switch up to me. Because whoever plays them next now has a pretty good series to look at and be like, hey, this is how they attack this. They force them to play toward bottom side, leaves Yahoo isolated, and he's way it's not quite the same level when he's isolated, right? They're gonna have to either show that he's willing to play some other you know, win these one V ones, like play an, an Irelia into an R or something like that, or it's it's I I every time 
it feels like you have these moments where a team's figured out. It never feels like it. Usually it's like over time, but every so often it does feel like a team is just figured out, like in a series. I know last season it was like victory five, or no, it was a, it was like East Star in spring, right? Like the second somebody contested bot and they just looked like garbage in that series, it was like toward the end of the spring split. Everyone was like, oh, we just do that, and they didn't win a series like the rest of the split. So I'm not saying that's the case here, but it certainly made – I mean, that could be the case, right? Yeah, that could be something we see here. I'm, I, Like I say, I hope that we see something a little different from them, especially if they run it back against FPX. Yeah. Maybe if they play EDG, maybe they could employ some of the same stuff yeah. they were doing in this series. But if they, run it, if they get to run it back against FPX or if they play against top esports as well – I think either one of those matchups, they would be better served trying something just a little different. And maybe, maybe they look a lot, you know, a lot different, looking a little different. So, what? We'll yeah, I will. To be fair, like almost every draft, if I had been awake, I probably would have been betting RNG in like all of these drafts. Game but one, I, I bet RNG. Yeah, game one was. I'm looking at that one. That's disgusting. I mean, but that's just Jace bias from John. Yeah. Game two, I might not have, just because I'm like a like a giga fan of Irelia. Uh, and obviously Nuggery High yeah, is probably Nuggery, insane, and he did pop off. Nuggery on it, so. played like a world champion today. He was he was yeah. ridiculous today. <laughs> I don't know. If- but the thing that that concerned me about Game Three, and that I'm hoping they learn from, is like you can't run a one court comp with Kaisa. It, it's okay if it's Jinx, maybe if it's uh, Tristana, it's somewhat okay. I think you can, but, but like you have to have Aphelios, insane maybe. enablers. Like you have to have like Hecarim. Zillion, just, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it, this could be just a philosophical disagreement. I just don't think Kaisa, I don't think Kaisa scales well enough. She's too like single target reliant for yeah, me. I could see that. And and like, she has to dive into the enemy team, which inherently makes her tough to be to carry. I guess like she can't just sit behind and pop off like a like a. I mean, Jinx is obviously the yeah, best Jinx example, but. uh I'm pretty sure she was banned in that game, but like, otherwise, I think I really would have liked that composition. So I think they're close. Like, I think they're doing good things in the draft, which makes it like really hard to want to bet against them. I mean, honestly, all these LPL games are hard to want to like put a lot of money up for betting because, like, man, they like it's just like I kind of want to just do a little lower dollar exposure on DFS to get some more exposure. But man, like, either way, these series are just so fun to watch. I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be a numbers game too. It's it's hard to project. Like, if they end up being outlandishly favored against EDG, then it's a snap EDG yeah. bet. And if markets overreact and tops outlandishly favored because they beat them, you know, three days ago, then it's probably going to be an RNG Agreed. bet. So, um, kind of got to wait and see. And we could see, like, I don't know if you guys feel this way either, but it feels like every, like, opening line has just been, like, a crazy overreaction. Like, I don't know if there's just, I don't know. It's weird. Like, you have, you have, um, who was it? Yeah, it was G2 Mad Lions. G2 opened like minus 500 favorites in that series. I was like, get the hell out of here. There's no way. There's not a chance. Well, and then on the other side, we saw Rogue opening like minus 180 against Matt. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, Mad, Mad's shown us. Or was it not Matt? Um, uh, Shalka. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. And I was like, okay, Shalka's shown us something. But come exactly. on now. They're not. Exactly. They're not on that level. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, we talk about market overreactions all the time, and that's generally places you want to be involved in if, you, if you're noticing yep. it, right? So play, play the long game. Buy the dip, right? That's right. <laughs> all right, so Saturday. Well, I mean, yeah, go ahead. 
the, the prime example for that's mad. We've we I think the past two weeks we've come on here and said like, yeah, I'm gonna bet mad, but I'm doing it knowing they're not gonna win, and they've won both times. Yep. So I think that's the prime example of it, right? If you see a number that's wrong, bet it. You you take advantage of it, and in the long run, you're gonna get paid off. Like those two mad hits that Vince has had these past two series for them. Like that's going to make up for his next ten underdog yeah. bets alone. Like that covers them all. So yeah, stuff like that, man. You got to definitely. Especially hop on if it. a team, if it's a team that's looking good recently. Like if they're in good form right now. Like there's no reason. Like if it, if you got a dumpster fire situation, okay, it's a little bit more questionable. But yeah, I don't know. Openers have been real soft. Uh, so Saturday morning, we also have. I'm assuming this is going to be the same slate. We've got LCK Spring Grand Finals. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go yeah, on, go there's one more thing we didn't complain about that I have to complain <laughs> about. We only have a couple matches. I have to complain about 100 Thieves TSM because leading up to that matchup, I had everybody in the whole world tell me how 100 Thieves had no chance in that matchup and I was overrating them and I'm a homer and they fucking should have won that matchup 4 0, dude. They should have literally 4 0. That was a tough them. one to watch. And it was so brutal to watch. Yeah. They take the Jace. They get themselves a nice lead that didn't have anything really to do with the Jace. Like, he played a little part, but they got a lead everywhere else on the map. And then, then they just can't win a team fight because they have Jace. Then game two, they just take it again and do the exact same thing, get like a 5,000 gold lead, and then they can't win a team fight because they have a Jace. So they lose again. Then game three, they win with Jace. They just take it again, and they manage to win with it, which is just, you know, that's like you should just get the NA title for just winning a game <laughs> with Jace. Uh and then game four, they like basically throw. Like they they should have yeah. won the series. They should have won the series like three zero four zero. And now I still have to listen to the same people that told me they had no shot. See, we told you they had no chance. That's why Zix is working at McDonald's. <laughs> my picture behind me because he's this guy. And it's the same thing with T one. By the way, I got T one's coach behind me as well. Nice drafts by them. I gotta <laughs> say, just nittily Jace every game. Good job, T one. These coaches out here, dude, I swear to God. <laughs> I was so tilted last weekend by these comps that some of these teams took in I'm these taking matches. taking a quick look at it the one drafts. Every <laughs> single team I was on was drafting at least Nidalee or Jace every game, if not both. Like, every single so, game. Jo- go, go ahead. So, the, the Nidalee Jace in game two, Renekton was definitely available. So, Oh, no, he wasn't. He was banned. Never mind. All right. I, I take it all back. You're good. You could. But you know what's even worse about the fact that all of my teams take Nidalee Jace? I have a preference for the kind of teams that I like. I like teams that are really good team fighting yeah. teams. So why do all the teams that I like, why are They're those doing the, teams the opposite that are drafting of what Nidalee they should Jace? be doing? The other team should be drafting Nidalee Jace, and my team should be drafting Malphite <laughs> Scarter, and we should be crushing them at the Dragon. But no, my guys just can't stop themselves from just drafting these garbage oh. compositions, even though it's not Duh. all the don't don't listen to John. Don't, he's lying. He's just lying at face value. While they're playing, Hundred Thieves is playing Jace. He's over here in Clash playing Lily atop on my team. So I don't <laughs> want to hear anything. It's from only him Lily is not bad. He's just lying. It's only Lily is not That's bad. my one trick, dude. I've been, I've been it's fun, right? Pilates. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's great. And people underestimate your damage really badly. Yeah, that that whole series was tough to watch just in terms of because I didn't think TSM played really it, like well in that series either. I didn't have a side in that series. I thought the market was like close enough that I had I had I had concerns for Hundred Thieves. Uh, it's the same concerns I've been voicing, but I wasn't gonna lay that kind of money. I think TSM were like minus two hundred favorites. I was like, I'm not I'm not paying that premium for them. 
I just feel like people's narratives about it are so everyone's wrong. narrative. Like, everything's a hot but, take, like, dude. Like everyone is so extreme on everything; Twitter, it's ridiculous. A bunch of like famous league analysts on Twitter were saying things like, "The problem with Hundred Thieves is they're just not working well as a team." But when I was watching that game, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again. But when I was watching that game, I saw them set up some really beautiful team fights, and they just don't have the right champions to execute. They're not playing to their win conditions. Like they had the Jace. The fucking Jace teleported into the middle of the enemy team, which is kind of stupid. But if he's not Jace, then that they would have stomped that fight. Like they were winning the fight, and he teleported right into the middle of the team to disrupt. They showed, and then they just blew they up. Showed, they showed up to a, a medieval, a medieval broadsword fight with uh, you know a handgun, and uh, you know, and vice versa or whatever. Like I don't mean to say like they're outclassed or whatever, but like you, part of the reason why I I, I hate this like. You know, late game, early game, this champion sucks, this champion doesn't suck. Like, I, part of why I hate these discussions is one, it's just fucking hot take city. That's the, that's the main reason. Two, is because ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's all about playing to your win conditions. And if you're not playing to your win conditions, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're playing, right? Like, yeah, like, certain things are easier to execute, but like, if you're gonna play Nidalee Jace, you need to play Nidalee Jace for what it's good at, right? Don't play Nidalee Jace like you're teleport flanking for a team fight. Like, that's not what you do with that composition, yep, right? Yep. Both things... I'm very... In, like, I, I, there's there's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? I think there's a lot of different ways to play League of Legends. That You, you know, we could bicker and argue about what's optimal or whatever, but ultimately what it's all about is playing with your win conditions and playing what works for the comp and the players you have, period. And there, I'm with you. Like, there's a disconnect there for Hundred Thieves. It's it's weird. I don't know yeah. why because before the season started at the lock in, they looked like they had this like okay we're this up tempo identity and they were fucking good at it. They're really good at it. So I was like shit, man, this is going to be a good team. They're going to run over this league that's trying to play slow, right? They came in with a different look, not a problem, but a very different look. But they were very strong with that, like the scaling more discipline kind of look too, right? Now they're just like in between the two, but doing neither. It's like the weirdest fucking thing, dude. It's frustrating. All right, where were we at? Any uh, other bitching about hundred thieves? <laughs> no, and I we won't get to talk about him this week. So I just want to add in, like, I I do think we're also not necessarily giving TSM enough credit just for not necessarily their play in game, but pre game. So. If you look at the 80 carries that FBI got to play, it was Ash, 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 Ezreal, Zaya. Mm-hmm. I don't think That's like, right. yep. yeah. So you got to give some some level of props to to TSM for the draft, like navigating the drafts in in a way that to where he ended up on those champions. TSM have been have um, been like honestly the second half of the season <clears throat> on they look like they've just figured it. Like I think they have a really good read on the game in general. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that was to me. I thought that was pretty big, um, because he's like, you know, that, that that's who you're looking to in a lot of these cases because they're not. I mean, they were giving the Jace to someday, so maybe they were expecting him to do it. But like again, I've talked about this. They can give him carries if they want in the champion, but they don't play around it. It, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Like Vince exactly. is saying, you have to play the correct style if you're going to do it. But but yeah, yeah like it, the fact too. that TSM got FBI kind of out of his comfort pool his comfort pool of champions you know the senna the jinx the um oh who's the, the other one the tristana there it is yeah i was like i knew i'm missing one um got him off those three mainly i think that's good i, th- I think i think that was a good job of them adjusting to to try and make him like hey 
if you want to hyper carry against us on Ash, go ahead, you know? And I think that's smart. So th- there's some level of respect that, that does need to uh, be yeah. done there, in Ash my opinion. Definitely underplayed right now. I'll just say that. I think she's really, really good. I think, I mean, we talked about events in the Discord a little bit, but I was like, man, like teams could just be picking this Ash Braum yeah. or something. Ash play Ash. As Shalka. Ash Braum, Ash Leona, just the level six press R comp. Doesn't, you know, like, yeah. keep it easy. Uh, LCK, Grand Finals. We've got Saturday, so I guess this is going to be a slate with the LPL, right? Yeah. So we've got Damwon minus 345, Genji plus 271. This, this is one of those things where it's like, I'm pretty sure Damwon's going to win, but 345 feels a I little agree. heavy. I mean, Genji, Genji can definitely bust something out and, and put in some work here. But I, I don't think it's that I really feel like taking a side on it at, at these numbers. I think Genji's probably good. I mean, uh, Damwon's probably going to win, but... I'm not going to bet Dude, on them at that number. The market does not think Gen G is good. It seems like there's just this sentiment that they're not actually this good, and I don't get where that's coming from either. This team's good, guys. Like, I mean, I'm, it's not just because they're in LCK finals. Like, look at the, I think everyone just got completely shell shocked by like the Sandbox and the Brion losses. But like we, t- we we hammered it home. Sandbox by the end of the season looked like they had their shit together and they were actually a pretty good team. I think Sandbox were the fifth best team in the LCK by the end of the season. They didn't make playoffs. Yeah, and like, I think I think Gen G is like very clearly top yeah. three. Like they're very good, and they're and on any given day they're either better or worse than T one for me. And they're both both of those teams are a step behind. Damn, I don't. So yeah, they're, they're I'm going to be on Gen G or Gen G here 100. Uh, percent Damwon, I think, are the best team, but I don't think it's by this much. Like, Damwon's extremely good, but Genji's also extremely good, and it's just kind of like another one of these, like, what's, like, at worst, this is, what, like a 55-45 for me? Like, at worst? I think it's probably like a a 65-35 or a 63-37 type deal for me. In which case, I mean, that, even still, that's a bargain on Genji. Like if you're at that level, that's still cheap for them. Like you're talking, you know, what's two seventy one? I don't even know. Like, two seventy one's twenty seven percent chance to win this. It's more than that. Yeah, they got to be a little bit higher than that. You're right. You're right. They have to be a little bit higher. I mean, than I'm that. with you. Like, I do think Damwon win, but like, this is, this is a class case. What we just talked about earlier. Like, this is a bad number. I think this is a really soft number. I think by this is. Uh, go ahead, Josh. Sorry, go ahead. No, finish okay. up, finish up. I was just going to say, this is one <clears throat> where I'm actually going to come in, and I want to come in with the, the predetermined plan because I'm scared of, of, of Gen G doing whatever the hell they did against T1. But I think this is one where I. We talk all the. Like, oftentimes on this podcast about betting one team and playing the other in DFS as a hedge. This is one where I'm going to want to come in betting Gen G, but if, if they're just drafting like shit on the day, I, I'm. Fully willing oh, yeah. to live bet the other side in the map, so I, th- I think that's an interesting way to get exposure to this because if Genji just come in and draft like garbage, then they're gonna get they're gonna get destroyed. So uh, you can definitely hedge some you of that. Also bet catch out a, you, you could also catch a middle here too. Like if if you bet Genji pre flop and then if they win game <clears> one, you could probably come back and hit Damwon at like minus one fifty or something like that to win the series. And you know, just we've uh, uh, just collect your you know collect your your profit there. You know, if you want to play it that way, we've uh, we talked about it before, but just to like reiterate a point for people, 
DFS is such a useful betting tool for a better because your odds that you're basically the odds that DFS is giving you in many cases, if you're playing the right kinds of contests are just significantly better for underdogs in particular. If you have like an underdog that's like plus 300 and on a four game slate, they're going to be like 0% owned in DFS. So you can basically get like, if you enter like a hundred person tournament, you might be literally the only person playing that team. You're basically getting hundred to one odds on that team or pretty close to it. As far as like, you know, there's a chance that they win and they don't score well, and you do, and you still don't win the tournament. But oftentimes, you're giving yourself like literally hundred to one odds if you take mm-hmm. them in a tournament. Like the three hundred thirty-three dollars is what I play all the time, and people in the Discord always like act like my calling card is like just playing the biggest underdog blindly. But that's why you do it is because literally I, I won the three thirty-three multiple times this year, where I was the only person in the entire tournament that was playing the yep. team that I was playing. And so you're getting like literally 75 to 100 to 1 odds on them. So why bet them on, on Bovada or whatever when you can just take them in DFS and get 20 times better odds? Just, just a completely unrelated comment, but these people at Discord acting like you're calling cards, not just like destroying these e suckers. The e soccer plug, dude. We need a new. We need. A new I did have. Uh, I did have somebody who I who I won't name in the Discord, but a, a guy that I talk to all the time that I'm good friends with. Who right after that episode, he was messaging me like, "Who do I take? Like it's Brazil and France, and they're playing." I was so it's it's too funny you mention that because it's like literally just been randomly popping to the top of the feed when i open one of the books i use and i'm like god damn it it's like it heard me john like you <laughs> yeah. do when when do we get the uh the 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 you know parody slash kind of not parody slash kind of serious but maybe a little bit com uh twitter account we need the parody account right we need the yeah, e soccer plug. We, we, I do need a the e soccer plug in my life. I do need a e, the e soccer plugs uh, <laughs> Twitter account. I'd love to see John. John, next we're gonna have to schedule a stream next week of uh, an e soccer handicapping <laughs> show. Maybe, maybe we do a charity stream sometime. Maybe I'll do a <laughs> bonus. Everybody episodes. can uh, everybody can donate or something, and we'll we'll try to run it up in e soccer. We'll do <laughs> yes. it Absolutely. He's, he's like, we're getting hammered at 3 a.m. betting overs on eSoccer. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too good. Oh, man, we are. Can you tell we're filling some space with the limited matches we got? There's a lot of hypotheticals in this situation. So, I'm, Gen G number, I think, is wrong, but Dan Wan do probably win. It's probably going to be like a 3 2 or 3 1. I think these teams are both very, very good. Figure Gen G probably. It should. I mean, it should be an awesome series. These teams are both ridiculously good. So, all right. Um, I have a. I have some parlays that need to finish out this weekend. I have two parlays that have the same remaining teams. I had one that had uh, that had top esports in their last match, and then the other one had FPX last night, and then they both finish with uh, Damwon, TL, and G two. Nice. So that's my that's nice. my hopes. I do think I'll I'll leave that series with this. You can't spell Generation Gaming without RNG. Ooh. Also, it is Gen Gelati, so you know to keep to keep that meme alive. Yeah, twenty two and a half. Like I know it's the LCK, but twenty two and a half seems low. Also, this time total seems low or seems high. I kind of like the time total under a little more. Yeah, it seems actually kind of nice. We'll see. Saturday, late morning. We have the LEC Luzerez bracket, as I typed it out because I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> we have G2 minus 217 against Rogue plus 177. We'll say G2 minus 1.5 maps. Is that minus 102? All right, a couple things here. Right, uh, I was just going to say a couple things here. Like, man, and I, and I'm a victim of the or a victim or perpetrator of this too. But has has anyone has there ever been a team that everyone is so willing to excuse losses for? Like G two. I agree with you. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I agree. You know, like people are just like every every time they lose, no, they're like, eh, you know, they're probably trolling every time, and like. I'm I, I do the same thing. So like I'm I'm not completely like saying that I I don't fall into this bucket because it you you just tell yourself a great story. But like what people were saying this time isn't that they were trolling, but they're saying like, hey, you know they're they're testing. I, IG's the they're other testing one. this new one core strategy, right? Like which makes sense. The problem is it makes yeah. sense. Like they know they're a good enough team that they can get good practice testing this crap. Like the blind pick scion in the last series and this series the. The one, the one carry all in, all in on cat, nonsense all in on that they're running. Yeah, and like the problem is like it's it, it is a compelling story, and so it's very hard for me to get past it. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it because like to me, like when I take a step back, I'm like, man, like we're just willing to like these guys could commit they're the Patriots. murder. They're the Patriots. Like, dude. Get, like, yeah, like I don't know. Here's what but, I yeah. here's what I think about that because I I think there's a legitimate reason for it, which is. They always end yeah, up winning. That's... Like every time that we say, like any time that we end up like they lose some games late in the season, and a couple people are like, I don't know, Gen- or G two looks bad, and everyone else is making excuses for them. They always just end up winning the yeah. playoffs. And then when they lose the series, like they lost last year to Mad Lions in the playoffs, and people were saying, oh, maybe they fell off or whatever, and other people were excusing it, and then they just came back and smashed everybody and won. And so as long as they keep, like every time that something weird happens and they lose, they just double down, like double back and win everything. Then I think people gonna are going to keep, keep that. Saying fe- it's going to keep that feedback loop going. Yeah, if they cu- if they lose, like if they come in here this weekend and lose to Rogue, then that narrative just ends. I think like the, they were testing narrative just goes away. But if they come in here and smash Rogue and then they smash Mad Lions next week, then see, I mean, who's to say they weren't practicing if they were clearly capable of coming out? And I've got a little bit of both, a hypothetical. You know? Like, say let's say Rogue win this series. Like, doesn't matter what, just whatever. Say we're in this series and G2's out. First of all, what you just said, right? I'm with that. Second of all, like, don't you feel like it would be, a, like, a little misguided? Like, I think this team is better than last year's team. So I think, like, the, the, the doom and gloom overreaction is something I want to take advantage of come summertime, right? This team is really good still. Could it be? They are. Could it be kind of like... The best analogy I can think of is, could it be kind of like adding Uzi to that 2018 IG team? Where it's like, they would have been better with Uzi, but that team played uh, such a very specific way. And then you put Uzi in there, who like disrupts the flow of how I they want to play, and maybe it just like somehow makes them a little I, bit I mean, worse. I don't know. Th- dude, to me, this is, this is it's simpler than that. Like, I actually think this G2 is, is, is better than last year's. No, but... I think so too. I also think Rogue and Mad Lions are very, very good. Like they're, ba- I think they're better than they're, they were last year. So, like, I think they're and and Fnatic are worse. So, I think you've got this like you got multiple feedback loops working at the same time here, and it's just creating this really weird environment to discuss the LEC. Where, yeah, like I think G two, everyone expects G two to play well. 
But you know the second they lose this series, everyone's going to be like, oh, man, they miss perks. Oh, no, that's the end. Of, you know, like, it's... it's. If they if they lose here, I think if I was I'm trying to nail down what has caused any issues for them, I think what's caused issues for them is I think Mickey yeah, X doesn't I look agree. comfortable He's... recently. Mickey X, when, when the meta was, like, specifically the champion I think of all the time is Rakan... He is like just a godlike Rakan and like those kind of in and out and back and forth type champions. I just yeah. think he's so amazing at. And he hasn't looked as comfortable on these like pure engage, like go in and die champions. Like, you know, the Nautilus, the Leona, your whole job is yeah. just to go in and then you die. And he hasn't looked as good on those champions as he did on like the, the more yeah. playmaking. He's, he's like, had an off split. And, and I mean, like, look, everything's relative, you know. Uh, you know, me saying Mickey's having an off split, like he's still one of the best sports in the West, make no mistake, but he's definitely been less good this season, right? Like, just across the board. Like, just real inconsistent. Which is weird because this team's been, I think, more consistent until playoffs. I, I, re- I really just think that this is Madden Rogue are, are people just refuse to give these teams respect. Like, I don't know what it's going to... It's You know what it is? It's because you were saying, like, it's been years of this now. Years of the established thing, the confirmation bias being confirmed to enforce that confirmation bias again. And when you have a situation like that where it's just an echo chamber over and over and over and over and over again, it kind of blinds people to what's actually happening. And I, I I think it really is just as simple as Rogue and Matt are just good teams. I'm, I mean, I'm going to be betting Rogue here. I think – I mean, I bet Rogue last time they played. I think Rogue are – a, a, honestly, a similar team. I think they're pretty close to even. And I'm very, very bullish on Rogue, admittedly. But, like, let's take someone that's like a G2 bull. Like, I know Kevin's like the ultimate... Big Kev's like the ultimate G2 bull, right? The way they've played, and the way Rogue are playing... Like, if so take the... Say this was Mad Lions. Would you, would you take G2 at this money against Mad Lions again? I hate to say it, I think I would. I think okay. I'm going to take them against Rogue, and I think I would take them okay. against Matt at the same so, time. Like, I, I think this market price is kind of interesting. What about you, Josh? <clears throat> That's actually... So, I don't think I would take them against Matt at this number, so this makes <laughs> no sense. Here, there, There's three things that I believe to be true. The first is that I still think Rogue is better than Matt. The second is that I, I uh, don't think I would take mad against g2 at this or g2 against mad at this number and the third thing is that i'm pretty sure i will take g2 against rock rock, paper scissors kind of none of those things okay yeah exactly but to me it's what what really concerned me about rogue and like it's just so tough to tell with these teams because you just don't know but like they're winning with these center comps and that's not their identity like where has larson been recently i mean he hasn't. He hasn't been he's, doing. He's anything, doing. He's doing really, a little bit of their night impression where it's like he's still kicking the shit out of everything. It's just like it hasn't had like the big show he plays. He I had to know if he is. He he's like bad, losing. He had a like he bad games in the in the first series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. As long as that, that that's what I mean. But like it just scares me a little bit because like the 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 Kalista stuff is like good. Like I'm 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 okay with it that that it's replicable. And I do think in that series specifically against Schalke, it made a lot of mm-hmm. sense to just punish their bot lane because I don't think their bot lane has yeah. chops. But 
<laughs> they're not going to do that to Reckless and Mickey, right? So, like, uh, it's tough for know. me, you know? That's just what's tough for me about the matchup. Yeah, it's it's definitely an intriguing one. Like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just too bullish on this team. Give me Rogue. Oh, I mean, I love Rogue. Don't don't get me wrong. And and you know, I've been I've been kind of right there by you. But it's been like I I really like when this team plays through Larson because I think inspired Larson is arguably the like at their peak. It's arguably the strongest yeah. mid jungle duo in EU. But they're not abusing it right now anymore, and that's a bit concerning to me. So I'm just not really sure, kind of what to make of of the situation. It's just like a really tough one. I may yeah. just bet draft in this because, like, if I see them pull out of Callisto, I just I, I don't think that type of strat can work against G two. And I do think Vince, you've said it, the multiple ways mm-hmm. to peel an onion or whatever you're the way you phrase it. But I do, and I I think it's impressive to see Rogue, a team that we would never associate with that type of style, win with that. But I I just I don't think they could win like that against G two. So it'll be one of those one of those. I think this is going to be the opposite of the last series. I'm going to bet the favorite. And then be willing to bet the underdog based on drafts because you two drafts have been delicious as well. I mean, there grabs is up there in John's picture for a reason, working at McDonald's. (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, dude, I I can't. I got I got a call on on the on the the scaling slash like oh this isn't like their personality like the more controlled thing like Rogue were the best early game team by a country mile in summer. They've been the best early game team. I Mads challenged it this season. Like I don't get, I I still don't get where this comes from. Like, do people just not watch these games? I mean, I don't think they're. I I still think. Uh, I don't know if I would have said they're the best early game team, but I do think they were good. But I also think they were only really good in the early game when they had Lucian. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure they were just abusing Lucian. It was like I'm one of the strongest through, early I'll, game. I'm gonna transition I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah, I mean, just obviously for sure. That's I, sure. definitely a thing, but. That might be worth looking into. Um, LCS, I guess it's... I said Luzera's again. Luzera's finals. I don't know what I was thinking today. Liquid TSM. Liquid are minus 213. TSM plus 155. We'll say Liquid minus 1.5 is at plus 111. I, I came into this just show wanting to bet TSM again. I agree. This line's way too short for TL, I think. Unfortunately, like I, I came in wanting to be on the TSM side, but there's no shot at the snow. I'm betting, I'm betting TSM and, and not John. taking TL here. Yeah, I'm on the TL side as well. I don't think, like I said, I don't think TSM should have even gotten close to beating Hundred Thieves, and I think Team Liquid is is up there with Cloud Nine as the best teams in the league. So uh, minus two fourteen seems like or two thirteen seems like a walk in the park yeah, line. Just taking a quick look, see here. Yeah, this is. Is, I mean, this is another, like, overreaction spot. We've been talking about it. Like, Liquid lost to Cloud9. All of a sudden, they're like, like, really? I guess this is kind of a double overreaction because TSM won as well. But, yeah, look at look at the method of victory. Well, this is... Uh, yeah, I it's mean... It's not, like, egregious either way, but it's a little overreaction both ways, and that makes it into, like, a moderate, like, it's a good value. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like hard to explain because yeah, I think TL should really just yeah. be up more like two fifty ish. Not it's not crazy, sure. but 
in in esports we never see <laughs> we never see like like what do you under, like what do you like what do you make this percentage undervalued because like, I I think this is like a 70, 30, 75, 25 match. That sounds about right to me. Yeah, I mean, what is TSM's win condition? Even I mean, they it's, it's they hard both to even kind imagine. Of do similar things. I think. I bet Liquid. So, all right, look. I bet Just Liquid one against Cloud9. Fight one type deal. I think Liquid's still the best team. I think Cloud9 was better on that on the series for sure. Cloud9 played really, really well um, in that series. Thought they had a great game plan too. Uh, to me, like what makes Liquid so strong is that they kind of do a little bit of everything. And they just have insanely good players across the board. So it's just, for I have such a hard time seeing like fair teams that aren't going to get like creative and do some wild shit beating this team. I think Cloud Nine. I think this is going to end up turning into a bit of like a Rogue G two last year kind of situation where like you know you have fire and ice a little bit. I don't know if it'll quite be to that extreme or not. Not uh, I was thinking not Astralis. Who was before Astralis? Origin, like Origin and G two where. Origin was just this crazy good team, and they were like on that level, but they just could never beat G two because it was the Jazz versus Classical thing, right? Like that whole narrative. I don't know if it's going to be quite that extreme because I do think Liquid have you know more looks than that. I just have such a hard time like looking at this roster. I mean, like, they just have such good players across the board. Like no matter how you slice it, like they they're going to beat themselves. I think more often than not, like they're they're not going to get beaten as often as they beat themselves. I think. So I, I'm with you. I think this is a cheap price for Liquid in the best of five for sure. That's the other thing when you when you have versatile teams like this that just have yeah. quality of players, it's so hard to beat a team like that in the best of five. Best of, best of one, best of three. You could run hot for a couple. Ga- you could cheese one game and then just you know flip heads in another game and you and you won the series, right? In a best of five, it becomes a lot harder. You know, it's so. I mean, yeah. maybe TSM come out with some. Oh, well, and Liquid's the type of team that. To our point earlier, like of any team in the LCS, I think TL and 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 C9 are the only two that I've seen. Mm, not, I, I will say, I'll say the word consistently yeah. play to their win condition. I think TSM do a so, pretty good job with it. You know, if a team's doing that, they do, but it's a little bit less consistent. I think, like just slightly less consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think TSM. Like I, I liked them, and I was hoping we'd get no like yeah. liquid minus three hundred plus, and be able to get a, a good number on TSM because I think they have some touch, some potential. But I think liquid should just be. I, I really just needs to be minus like yeah. somewhere between two fifty and two eighty, and and so to yeah, me the seventy seventy five percent would be minus three hundred, and probably the minus one and a half as well. So like, in that oh okay, ballpark. yeah. So yeah, even up to three hundred um, then. Do you think is liquid or cloud nine the best team in the LCS? I still think Cloud9. Yeah, I mean, but it's pretty. I, think it's I, pretty I know we're uh, a bit yeah, at all. I, mean, I think the two of them are the clear two best. Is there any <clears> debate on that? I get no. I think those are definitely the two best. I'm still going to lean Liquid, but it's similar to like my hundred thieves stuff, which is that I think Liquid need to play a yeah. very specific way to be the best team against Cloud9, and if they don't do it, and then then even so, like Cloud9 are kind of like the you know even if you know what's coming, can you stop it kind of situation, like. You can engineer some pretty creative ways to try to shut Perks and Blabber down, and sometimes they're just going to beat it anyway. Like, it's just going to happen sometimes. Like, I mean, I thought in this series that the outer lanes played way above expectation in that in the last series they played, and that's why they won. But, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be fun watching these two, because I, I, I think with a little more development from both of them, I think they could, they could be, like, relevant at Worlds. I'm not saying they're going to win anything, but... They could they could make some noise in an international competition. So, um, 
Yeah, I said it. Come at me. <laughs> Sunday. So, again, we're kind of in the dark on this because we're working with a lot of hypotheticals. But we'll just talk through a couple of these, and I think we'll call it an early night tonight. Um, so, Sunday, we're going to have the LPL winner semifinals, which is going to be fun plus against the winner of top and EDG. God, what an awesome match. <laughs> this top four is so stacked, dude. I don't want to see what... I agree. Um, I, don't, I don't want to see any over... like just I don't want to see any over-indexing into like the hyperscaling. Not because it's bad, but because it's bad against FBX and top. Like... I wanted to bet EDG against top this morning, and I just could I couldn't bring myself to do it because like I could see them trying the same shit. And top and FPX are so explosive with lead that, fortunately, right around this time in recording, we had some technical difficulties, and I mean I'll just be straight up about it. We just lost basically the half last twenty five minutes, half hour of the show. We were talking about how you would live, maybe live bet FBX versus the winner of Top EDG. We touched on Mad Lions against the winner of Rogue and G2. Um, myself and John were probably going to be on Rogue or G2 against Mad Lions. Uh, John or Josh was a little more willing to, you know, be more versatile about it. You know, if 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 the number's right, he could play Mad. But uh, obviously, we're gonna have to see where this opens up. We all kind of thought Mad would open as short dogs, no matter who they were against. LCS finals, we had uh, Cloud9 against the winner of TL versus TSM. It's probably going to be T- uh, Team Liquid. A little bit of mixed results here. We had mostly, you know, depends on the number. I think at even money, I was going to take Team Liquid. Um, the other guys were a little more undecided. Just going to wait for the number. And that was about the show. We did Pick of the Week as well. Uh, I recapped Pick of the Week. We went 4-1 and one last week. Uh, I hit on Mad plus 9.5 kills in 3 out of 4 games. John missed on T1 minus 2.5 against DRX at plus 128. Chris hit C9 minus 1.5 at plus 181. Josh hit TSM minus 1.5 against 100 Thieves at plus 118. Admitted he was a little bit lucky there. And listener at DFS underscore Chen hit T1 DRX over 3.5 maps at minus 154. A pick of the weeks for this week. Uh, John is on G2 minus 1.5 against Rogue at minus 102. Vince is on Rogue at plus 177 against G2, so we're going heads up there. Chris likes Team Liquid minus 2.5 maps against TSM at plus 335. And Josh... Josh liked a double of Damwon minus two and a half maps and Gen G money line on the same series. Meaning we will he basically he thinks that if Damwon wins it's gonna be a steamrolling and if Gen G win then you know you cover your entry on that. So that's where we're at. Uh yeah, unfortunately technical issues happen. I have no idea what's going on with this. I'm gonna to try to figure this out for the next week. I apologize to anybody that tuned in live on the stream. And I apologize to anybody that, you know, is listening to this and wanted our input on some of these. Honestly, you didn't miss that much. We, we, it was maybe like 15 minutes worth of banter and whatnot and a lot of hypotheticals about, 
you know, what the lines would be on who and where this weekend. Uh, maybe we'll record a short show at some point this weekend and, you know, kind of make it up to you guys. But, you know, sincerest apologies from the Gold Card Podcast for the technical issues, and unfortunately they happen. So hopefully this is not a recurring problem. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, good luck and enjoy the games this weekend. We've got a lot of awesome matches. Have fun with them. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.